You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast with Claudia Coffey. Horses, Hats, and Bourbon is sponsored by Mint Julep Experiences, your all-inclusive provider of exclusive, authentic, and curated bourbon, culinary, horse, and mixology experiences in Kentucky. If you're looking for a five-star experience blending Kentucky's signature products, look no further than Mint Julep Experiences. Go to mintjuleptours.com backslash horses, hats, bourbon. If you love thoroughbred horses and you love watching them race, it's just such an important part of their lives to have a beautiful retirement home. And so this is a new retirement home for these beautiful, beautiful animals located um, right in Prospect, Kentucky, just outside of Louisville. So, oh, Kim, tell me all about it because I know you're just <laughs> so excited. You just returned. You're back in Saratoga right now, right? You just returned from being here in Louisville, kind of getting everything settled because this just happened. This it just, just happened. It's just happening. But it, um, I'm so delighted to be with you, Claudia. Thank you for inviting me to, to tell this story because it is, it's the kind of story that makes us all feel good about the world. And I just get to be the person to, to talk about it, which I love to do. So this is indeed, as you just perfectly said, it is a brand new, um, it is a brand new farm for the TRF. Um, it is a historic farm in Prospect. So, so I'll start, I won't start, well, I'll start sort of at the beginning without like making you think, oh my God, she's never going to stop. That's <laughs> no, always a problem with me. Tell me, I'm here um, for it. I'm here for the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a continuing one. So there'll, there'll be installments, yeah. but this farm is right there in beautiful Prospect, Kentucky. And it's such a beautiful part of, of the Commonwealth. Um, but it has, it has been a farm since I've now started tracing its history like to the um, 1600s. It was originally carved out as a farm as early as, as then. So I won't try to do all the historical dots. That will be part of the story we tell at the farm, but we do know that it has been a farm for centuries. However, um, it jumping way to the, fo- the future, to the now, the last 10 to 15 years, it has been a farm without much happening on it. It was, it was farm. It wasn't it was just sitting there sort of, it was just sitting there being a farm, but not being full of animals. There wasn't any activity. Um, and so one year ago, just to get us closer to now, uh, one year ago, um, a very, uh, very important individual in our lives now, um, Mr. Mr. Bill Karstangen, um, decided that that land- With Churchill uh, Downs. You know, that's uh, a good person In fact, he is, he is among other things, uh, the CEO of Churchill Downs. For mm-hmm. us, he is just an extraordinary benefactor. Um, and he saw this land was sitting there not being well attended and, and looking a little bit sort of lost. Um, and what he realized was that it had been put on the market. It was actually on the market at that time. And it had been slated for development. You know, Prospect, there's a lot of developments. They're beautiful developments all around Prospect, but um, this one was about to be another (laughs) development. So his first um, instinct was to, with the resources that he had, um, to acquire the farm, to buy the farm and to protect it from possible development. And his second thought was, this farm needs to have horses on it. Now, Louisville needs horses. Louisville is all about horses. He obviously is very personally invested in the industry and in the in uh, in the animals. But he knew that this farm would be happier and better with horses on it, which is great. We love that about him. He then went looking for a charity. This is where it gets really interesting and really rather magical from our perspective. He went looking for a nonprofit that would put thoroughbred racehorses, specifically an aftercare organization. And he looked at the TAA accredited organizations that would be well-respected and would know how to take care of old racehorses after their racing career was done. 
And he did start as, as I, I love this is signs that he does know a lot about the industry. He started with a couple conversations with retraining and rehoming organizations. You know, that, that is where we always, all of us want to look first. We want those horses to finish their careers and go on to their next careers. But the truth is the, the lay of the land, as we'll we'll talk about it more, it's about 30 acres. It just doesn't really have any flat land. It's, it's prospect is pretty hilly and it's actually up on the hill. Um, and it doesn't have an arena. It doesn't have a very big barn. It has a lot of wonderful things, but it doesn't have the things that a retraining program needed. And so in fact, those two programs that he inter- engaged with, um, you know, more or less said, you'd have to move heaven and earth to make this work which was really good fortune for us because that led his team to look for, okay, what else can we do with retired racehorses? Ah, sanctuary. Sanctuary is what we do. That is the TRF's main lane. And we are so grateful. And, uh, and there's a specific person, I'm gonna give her a great big shout out, Kathy Shercliffe, who's on Bill's team at Churchill, is her the community engagement director. It just means she knows all the community groups, all the charities, all the nonprofits, not just the horsey ones, in fact, mostly all the other ones. So I give her, huge thanks for the fact that we were on the radar. There may have been other things that put us on the radar, but the truth is, is we were invited to take a look. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> when I bring you there, Claudia, you will see. It is pretty hard to take a look at this farm and not say yes. Um, but I will say that for us as a, as a Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, this is so unlike anything we've ever done. It, it's both exactly what we've always done and completely not what we've ever, at the same time. So the horses are there. We have now 10 horses that have been there for just over two weeks. They landed there two weeks ago, Sunday. Um, They're doing what they do. They are living their best life. They are living in pastures. They are galloping around. They are standing in the rain. They are rolling in the puddles. They're eating all that yummy, yummy grass. The clover just popped up. So they're like totally thrilled. Yeah, They're doing their thing. But the difference is that we have a farm that is two things. First, it's smack dab in the middle of a community. It, it, it is right in the middle of the, it's, it adjoins the Hillcrest community of Prospect for your, for your audience who knows the area really well. Um, but it's also been given to us with one very clear stipulation. Um, Bill wanted it to be used by horses, but he didn't want them to just sit there and be another drive-by where you look and you see horses like you do all over Kentucky. He said, this has got to be a place where you bring people, bring the community, Bring Louisville in all of its and all of its color and all of its diversity and all of the folks who never get to touch a horse. Bring them to this farm, and if you don't bring them and then raise money for those horses and all the horses, you're not using the farm to its capacity. And it, it's I spent two weeks of seeing him a lot, and every single time he said, "You know, you need to work very hard to bring people to this farm." And I said, "I yeah. don't think you're going to have a hard time getting people." No, to no, I, 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 I laugh and I smile. I say, oh, "Yes, Bill, I I will," but it is not going to be hard. And so we. All that being said, long, long, long answer always, but it is a gift that we have been given. It is a gift for our horses. They are really happy there, but it is a gift for the entire aftercare organi- mm-hmm. community, entity, industry, whatever you call us, all of us who are brothers and sisters in the care of these horses. We now have a place to bring like the world, and that's our plan, to see them, to meet them, to learn, to learn everything, but to learn the basics. They run until they're six, they live until they're 30, they need a lot of care for 25 years. That's it, and that's just the beginning, so. And you know, it's, I think a lot of people don't realize there is this whole aftercare industry, just like, you know, as humans, we want to stop working so much and retire at some point. A horse who is this amazing athlete can't run these races forever, right? Mm -hmm. And there just has to be, talk about like what, what does a, a thoroughbred, what do they need? 
you yeah. know, when they, what do they need? And is it hard sometimes to find places for them? Are people like, okay, it's not running anymore. I'm not making money. You know, where, where do they typically go and why is this so important? It is. No, that's a great, great question. Um, and, and it is, it, I always answer with as cliche as it may be, it takes a village. It's a lot of people. There are a lot of horses. I always, let's start with some numbers. 20,000 registered thoroughbreds are born each year. And so that's like a big, that's a really big number. And then that obviously <laughs> so it's a lot. And so like we can get overwhelmed easily uh, and that doesn't really serve us. So what we think is we go, okay. So as they sort of graduate out of racing and that could happen anytime between two, six, some go to eight, but you know, so we got a lot of horses coming out. So what happens? A whole bunch of things happen. And maybe just to keep it sort of organized, we'll do it like in four quadrants. Um, because we start with the easy. The ones that we all yeah. see are the ones that do very, very well. And then they finish and they go off to be mommies and daddies and they have a breeding career. That is a very small percentage, but it's a very important percentage. And, and those guys, like, you know, they're the, I don't know, they're like the, the we, this whole athlete analogy always works for all this. So those are the athletes that like, uh, I don't know, none of them are exactly perfect. That's probably true of life. I was thinking Michael Phelps, he was so successful so young, and then he's been able to make money forever. Yeah. Because and then they go on up. to endorse things. And kind of like the horses that go on to the endorsement career and the, yeah, that's kind the of ESPN career and the speaking yes. engagements. Yes. Yeah. So there's all the percentage and we love that. And that that's great. And that's, it's wonderful, but um, it's small. Um, there's also a percentage and I think about these four, I was let me make sure I make them all match up personally. There, um, there are most of these horses, and that's the goal. The goal is that most of them, just like athletes, finish this racing career. They're still very young. And if they finish healthy, this is the key, healthy, from sound enough to continue in their athletic purpose, they can be retrained to do all sorts of things. So what does a horse need? A horse needs a job. These animals are so human oriented. The thoroughbred more than probably any other breed. They're all different. They're all wonderful. But thoroughbreds are so incredibly attuned to humans from before they're even born. They're brought into the world by human hands. They are so handled. So they need a job and they need a purpose. And so this big second piece is the second career retraining, rehoming. And, and that is hard. It does take a lot because it takes a horse whisperer. It takes a lot of horse whisperers really listening to that horse in all the ways that they do, considering they don't speak to us and figuring out what to they think do. too, Kim, they're like on go all yeah. the time, right? Like I'm on this speed and I'm yeah. training for the Olympics and I'm going, 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 like, how do you get them to slow? We, yeah. this is, we're still going to maintain our lifestyle, but how do you slow down? Yeah, it's a recalibration. You know, it's like I, I often use the analogy of uh, Tony Romo because he was a very successful quarterback and he finished his career very successfully, but with a bad shoulder, he's gone on regrouped, retooled, and now he's pursuing a PGA career. Like he's, that's a perfect ideal analogy for these racehorses, but it does take, like you said, a wind down. They have to kind of chill out. They have to get all that like go, go, go out of their brain, but they also have to have someone who can go, what is the, what is the part they like? You know, and it can be all kinds of things. This is where it gets very fun. This is what the retraining folks, they figure, is that horse want to be a polo pony? Does that horse want to be a jumper? Does that horse, does he just like to go slow and wants to be a trail horse? He never liked running anyway. He just wants to take kids around on a trail ride. They're, the folks who do retraining are, are really, they're just like the trainers in the industry because they they hear what the horse is telling them. And, and it doesn't, it takes patience, huge amount of patience. But in the spirit of my four quadrants, we can go, we love this segment and it is a big segment. There are 
hundreds of organizations. They're often small and very specific because it takes a lot of work to get a horse retrained, but then they're able to essentially resell them back into the world of eventing or show jumping or hunters or whatever the world is. So that's, that's a big piece. And that is always our goal. There's also a piece, um, frankly, and I want to mention it in these four is that there's folks who own these horses and they've either been the trainer, the owner, the rider, the groom, and they find a way to take them home. They, they don't get any credit in the world. I was just up at Skylight, which is further up 42 from where our farm is, big training facility. And I walked around the barns a little bit on Sunday morning. And, you know, and every one of them told me about the retired horse they have in their backyard or at their farm. And just know that the industry, and that goes from the top owner to the groom, almost every one of them has a horse in their backyard because they love them so much. And if they didn't fit into some other purpose, they made sure and that part, it's like a whole nother conversation. But let's get to the fourth quadrant. And that's what we do, which is sanctuary. So if you didn't breed and you didn't find your second career and you didn't get just taken home by somebody who loved you, then we have a role to play. So sanctuary farms are like the TRF and old friends. We have that in common. We take the horses that can no longer pursue another athletic career, but but we also still believe they have a job. They need a job. They want to be with humans. And they, they mostly are given the chance to be a horse. They live out in those fields and they gallop around. They exercise themselves. They live outdoors all the time. But as much as possible, we put them, and that's what's happening at Chestnut Hall, in the environment where they get to teach. They get to, and, and so our big flagship program, which is probably a conversation for another day, if you could stand to have me back, yes. is our second chances <laughs> program. Um, that is where we put our horses in prisons and now juvenile justice programs where they literally are the teachers of individuals who are learning skills and learning life skills as well as vocational skills. We That program we can go on and on about. But that's what's so cool about Chestnut Hall, because while it's totally different, it's also the same in that the horses will live in this sanctuary setting. We, we care for them for the remainder of their life. Sanctuary means you're never going to be in risk ever again, no matter how old you are and no matter how cranky you might get, you're not going anywhere until you've not had your last day. And then, and then we're going to put them in this Chestnut Hall in this teacher environment. So I'm going to change my photo today. You, I just signed that oh, I just got yes, home late last yes. night. All the trees. All the trees and in, <laughs> even more important than the trees, the neighbors, because mm. it's magical. I will encourage everyone to go to our website because there's one picture on our Chestnut Hall website. There's only two pictures right now. We have taken a million, but the one of Legata and this little girl, six-year-old little girl named London and this little 14-year-old girl named Madison, just the, the scene of our little Legata putting her head over the fence to these little girls. There's no treats. There's nothing. There's just love. Like it's like this magical picture that says, says it all. These horses are going to teach people everything about how long they live, how sweet they can be. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they're going to also learn things like what it's, your question was, what does it take? It does take a lot. They are high. They're like Ferraris. You know, they're not like your Honda Civic that will last 100,000 miles and you don't have to have to change the oil. No, thoroughbreds aren't quite like that. They are constantly finding ways to hurt themselves. They are constantly, we have abscesses starting to pop up in hooves this time of year. We had our first one at Chestnut Hall on Saturday. This is just what happens. So all of our neighbors are going to not only learn how wonderful the horses are and how much happier they make us, but they're also going to learn what it takes to take care of them and that they do, we have to worry about colic and we have to worry about things like Cushing's and bad hooves. And it's not to be scaring people off, but just to really engage in what it takes for your great to take care of them and to give them the dignified, healthy, happy life they deserve for all they've given us, both on the racetrack and, and well after that. So it's, it's, uh, 
it's so exciting to just be getting this started. April 6th was the day that we like opened, like revealed, like uh-huh. this is happening. The so we're reveal. still very new. <laughs> and so you have what, 10 horses or 11 there now? We have 10 now and we have the 11th is arriving on Monday. So there's still more news to be coming out of this farm, but 11 will be our total herd at Chestnut Hall. And I do encourage people to go to the website because your website, oh, talk about <laughs> my heart. Oh, my heart. I can't handle it because it's just so, it's just brilliant because you get to, I mean, talk about tying into the mission of what you're there to do to teach people. There are these adorable pictures of each horse, right? And you don't even have to slide right or left or whatever. It's just all their pictures, their names, and you get to meet them. And it, it, it does, it immediately kind of talk about why you wanted to do that to make this, it's so personal. Like everybody has a name and everybody has an adorable picture and it's like their list of hobbies and, and, yes, <laughs> extra yes. well, you know, and, it's, and that's, the, that is, well, I love that that captured you, Claudia, yeah. that you are, you're our kind of people. We know that. Uh, thank you for caring and being engaged. I, I, I can look at their faces all day long. Yes. So our message really is, and this kind of is that every horse, just like every person, but every horse has a story. They may look like a whole bunch of brown horses at this point, a bunch of muddy brown horses uh, in a field, but they all have a story. So all of the horses, and this gets a little to why it matters just to tell the individual stories is that each one of them represents all the others, you know, just right. like we do in the world. So the TRF has, we have a couple things that I'm just terribly proud of because I'm, I'm honored to sort of stand on the shoulders of giants at an organization like ours. We've we are the oldest of the thoroughbred aftercare charities. We were founded in 1983. So we're closing in on 40 years of, of saving horses. Um, and we are the largest, which kind of comes with being oldest, but also comes with the, our model, which is to, to, to do things like what we're doing at Chestnut Hall, which is to have sanctuary farms and to have our prison farms. And we're not limited by land that we own. I mean, just to get very specific, we don't yeah. own land. We we own the horses and all the care that goes with them. So we've been able to expand and, and, and continue to grow as the need is there. But when we come to these 10 horses with their personal stories, each of these 10 and soon to be 11, they represent the other 490 that live in our herd. Our herd is 500 horses. That is our, the TRF herd today. And it's a static number uh, based on our budget of 2021, which they're living in nine states. They're living in 19 farms. They're all over the country. And, um, and we want every horse, even though they don't all get the, the visibility that Chestnut Hall horses will get, we want them all to be understood that they, they all did three things. They were all born as thoroughbreds and registered with the jockey club. That is our specific focus. Mm-hmm. They all raced. I have horses in the herd that really only raced once. There's one in Florida. His name is Hurricane Sergio. He ran once. He came in 10th and he's been teaching women at prison for 20 years. His second career has changed countless lives. But um, but we want everyone to know that one story because it's like, that's what they all have. And and that's what makes it much more relatable because we it, it, it makes us realize that they're sort of, and this is crazy horse girl talking, they're all just like us. We all, we all also have a story and and we are interesting whether we're famous or not. Um, most of us, you know, are not very famous, but we're still doing our best. And that's kind of the, that's this TRF twist is that yeah. even Hurricane Sergio with his one win and coming or his one tenth place, you know, he's just as valuable to us. He was just as deserving of a 
safe and happy, healthy life as every other thoroughbred that was born. Because they all dream, they are all born with one goal, which is that race that's coming up kind of soon in your neighborhood, Claudia. Yeah. <laughs> everybody <laughs> dreams. No, everybody don't. dreams of that. <laughs> if they don't all, not everybody makes the cut. Some of them out of 20,000. They all have a purpose. Yes. They exactly. all have a purpose. So when will people, people pretty soon can start visiting the farm. Right? Yes. So there's, we're, yeah, we can't, we can't wait to welcome everyone. We did, we've started our first kind of soft launch. It's almost like a, I was talking to my mom, my dad, my aunt, everyone on my drive home yesterday. They're like, cause they're sort of like, what were you doing in Kentucky for two weeks? Because um, I said, I was like launching, it was like launching a business or I was sort of like launching a restaurant. Not that I've ever done that. I just watch a lot of those shows because it was so much you know, there's a lot of putting the pieces together, but then the soft launch, just like those restaurants that like you start having your first guests in, you figure out where's people going to park, where do we stand, you know, and I, I was a former tour guide at my in college, I was a tour guide at UVA, so I got to do tours this weekend, but to your point, soon, the answer is soon, um, I would encourage anyone watching that is wants to come, and, and, and please come, on our Chestnut Hall page, which is on the trfinc.org is our website, I think the pop-up is still there, mm -hmm. um, you can find it under about, but you can find the farm um, and, and uh, or if you just Google Chestnut Hall, I bet you'll find it. But my point is on that page, there's a button that says interested in scheduling a tour or an event. Just click the button and put yourself on our like, you know, pre-reserve list. That's just people who want to come. We had, we already have a Girl Scout troop that wants to come out and meet the horses. And we want everyone, even whether you're an individual who wants to come or you're like a organization that wants to come just fill out that form because we will be starting to schedule that stuff as soon as the last week of this month that'll still be kind of one by one but then the big news is that middle of may without setting a specific date quite yet we will be fully operational on the horse country tours which we're very grateful for and very excited about because they know they know how to do this <laughs> that part we, we know how to I've take care of the horses a couple of times and I tell yeah. you they just do such a great job of kind of getting the word out and doing things in a way that you know people can go to one site yes. and figure out what do I want my day to be and what kind of yeah. farm and and seasonally you know do yeah. I want to go here or there yeah and then what part of Kentucky yeah, they're just gonna they they you know they know how to do this yeah. you know public interface part which we're yeah. we're excited about but they're gonna help us so middle of May is really when we we are aiming for just being fully up original now that's still gonna be a journey we're gonna still be yeah. figuring it out I expect we'll do you know something we gotta walk I keep saying this over and over again we must walk before we run which is not really my <laughs> my thing. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to run now. <laughs> I want to run right now. Yeah. And I'm running. Um, um, but walk before you run. So maybe we'll have, you know, one tour a day just to kind of figure it out. Um, and we'll keep them at a certain size and all that. But the thing that I do also want to share, Claudia, is that, uh, and that's why I've got to update my picture, is that the, the crazy, amazing thing, besides everything else I've just rambled on about, is that then there's this extraordinary 1700s farmhouse that Bill has completely restored. It was, it would have been torn down if this thing was developed. This old, and I started learning the history. I've met some of the people who grew up in the house. I mean, we're, it just, ah. but the house is available to us. It's not just available to us. As Bill says, you need to use this house and raise yeah. the money. I'm like, I, I hear you. Um, so we want to let the whole of Louisville community, not just the horse people, to know that we are a nonprofit. We're a new neighbor in Kentucky, although. We've been in Kentucky for over 20 years at our prison program in Lexington. Again, story for another day. This house is given to us. Yes, we will host some TRF fundraisers. We're going to try to do our first one here, Derby Week. But we're going to invite the community to come use our house 
our horses will be there. <laughs> our, our, our story will be visible. We will always make sure that there's a little five minute explanation of who those horses are and what they do. But we want to do collaborative things. We would love to do things. We just want to make the place available. So, um, and that's our mandate. It is ours to use for the purpose, any like event fee that we charge, which we haven't figured any of that out yet. Those will just be donations to our horses. So um, we've been swarmed by people who want to do weddings there. I was going to say, like once you say <laughs> available for rental, and oh, by the way, there's a horse farm out back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. So we will continue to say we are going to walk before we run. Right. Maybe by the fall, yeah. I'll say this only to you, Claudia, because I don't want to get out ahead of my skis. But I could see, I could see that being possible by fall because yeah. we just are kind of trying to catch our breath and and just so excited, so grateful that you invited me to come talk about it. Oh my and, goodness! I and I, once I saw the pictures, I was like hooked. <laughs> yes, heart yeah. taken, stolen, stole my heart, and I saw oh, it, and I, I thought, it. what a great! And then when you start reading. I just think the the whole backstory and understanding how this not only serves these amazing animals, but what we can learn from them. I think it's just, that's just something that I think sometimes people are like, okay, let's go to Kentucky. Let's visit a horse farm, a distillery. Understanding kind of the human element of what we can learn from them is tremendous. Oh my gosh. It is. It is really, it is. It, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you're, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid all day long. And just, they make us better. And, and I, and I, I, but my, I tend to be the, the wordy one of the bunch. Uh, I do love to talk about this, but I have this phrase and it may kind of get better over time. So help me. If you sure. a word, word I'll help person. you wordsmith it. <laughs> but it's, it's this Chestnut Hall, the TRF Sanctuary Farm at Chestnut Hall, which is already kind of long, but is meant to give the gift of the thoroughbred to the community of Louisville. Mm. And, and, you know, it's a little like, what does that mean? I want people to go, I wonder what that means. Lean in, ask, what is the gift? Because it isn't just they're pretty. I mean, that is true. They are pretty, but there's so much more. You know, they, they are there to teach us and they are there. Uh, well, you know, a little side note is that Saturday was our first, was really officially our first event, I guess. I felt like I was doing things all week and this was this and this. But Saturday is when we opened the doors of the farm to our very, closest neighbors. We share a fence line with 17 houses in the Hillcrest community. These are the people that woke up two weeks ago Sunday, got their cup of coffee and said, honey, I think there's a thoroughbred galloping around in our backyard. <laughs> and that is what happened. So could we all be so lucky? I know. Wow. Well, I, wow. Oh my gosh. I, I went and sat. I've too, I've made all kinds of friends. They're so lovely. They've been so welcoming to our horses and to me. And um, I sat on the, the porch of my new friend, um, uh, Tammy and Morgan's house they're, they're these neighbors. And I sat on their house on Friday, had a, had a beer, looked, and, and, and as much as I've been talking about it, sitting there on their porch and looking and realizing, it, it sort of blew my mind again, because I was like, what if that happened in my backyard? I would be, I mean, I would be beside myself. So we invited that whole group, we, all 17 families. And, uh, and I'll tell you, we had 65 people. And I think 50 of them were under the age of 12. <laughs> it was like, oh. they all came and it was raining and gross on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I told them horses are rain or, sh rain or shine. We don't stop for rain in the horse world. So they all came out. They were all in their umbrellas. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If you can just visualize it, Claudia, I did a little video, but it doesn't do it justice. This I'm leading the tour. I'm waving my arms and talking and having a good time. This army of looky-loos, my, my guests are with me and we approach the paddock. And I think it was this paddock and there's four mares in that paddock and they pick up their heads from the grass and they see all these people and they just 
start galloping around and putting on a show it's and then no they keep time. running to the fence, <laughs> put up their ears. So I have video, of course, I've got video of the horses just going, having, going, oh my gosh, we have an audience. These horses love an audience. I mean, they raced for crowds of thousands of people for, and then I did the video of all the people, you know, watching the horses and the horses watching the people. And, and at the end of the day, that's the gift. Yeah. It's that magical thing that happens. And it was, and it was pouring rain. It didn't matter. Everybody had just had a grand time. And I have to say, Bill, uh, Bill was sort of lurking in the background and it made me so happy that he got to see the gift of the thoroughbreds being given to the community. And, uh, and that's just what we're going to do going forward. I mean, I mean can you imagine just the things that are going to come up throughout the year that you're like, let's plan this program or let's do, or this maybe worked with, you yes. know, oh my gosh, the, yes. the ideas are endless for what programs you can plan. Yes. You think about them with Claudia, because you're okay. that great. <laughs> yeah. I can tell, I can see it in you. And I said to every guest, um, we had our, our VIP open day uh, was a press release with them six. And so we invited, we have a Kentucky advisory committee and a lot of them came and I said, here's the deal. We are limited only by our imagination yeah. of what we can do here because um, the place is so darn crazy beautiful. It's so beautifully done. Bill's has really made it perfect. And now it's ours. It's a gift that yeah. we get to give. So can people yeah. adopt a horse? They can. Do, is there like an adoption element? To, I mean, you know, adopt like sponsor a horse? Yes, there's actually here. both. Um, and those are the exact words, Claudia, you, you got it. And those are on our website. Um, so there's actually at the top of the website, there's a sponsorship, sponsor a horse. And there's also adoption. So if you don't mind, if I haven't overstayed my welcome, um, I'll explain both of them just real sure. quick. So sponsor a horse is is something folks are generally familiar with, because they've probably sponsored other things in their lives, you know, whether it be a dog or a child or, you know, whatever it may be, a, a mile of road, you see everybody sponsors stuff. So our horses are um, all available for sponsorship. And the, um, the way that works, I was a horse sponsor for years before I moved to Saratoga and had this amazing opportunity happen to me to work here, speak for these horses, but um, it's $2,500 a year to sponsor the whole cost of a, a year for a horse. That's, that's essentially our cost, which anyone out there listening is, who knows horses is going to be like horrified because that is nothing compared to, right. <laughs> uh, but we have a pretty economic model for doing this. And the prison part helps a lot. There's a lot to it, but 2,500 really is, it's an actual average cost for a horse for a year in our herd. And then if you want to, you can sponsor, we have levels be below that. So you can do like a, you know, uh, I forget what they're called, like pasture pal and friends. So you can anywhere between 100 and 2,500, you can be contributing and you can feel like that's your horse to your point, Claudia. Our sponsorship manager, Julia Christensen does a great job of constantly getting new updated photos and sending them to the sponsors and giving little like, so you can really feel like you know what's going on with your horse. All the horses at Chestnut Hall are sponsorable. And then as are many all across the herd in our country. But adoption, just because it is important to know there's a difference, um, adoption actually is something that we we do, we do, um, even though we've done that whole long spiel about how we don't retrain and our horses can't be ridden and we are very clear about that. There are folks, um, especially horse folks, we always laughingly say, horses are like potato chips. You can't just have one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Especially if you have some farmland and it's pasture and it's all ready for a horse. So we find that um, very special individuals will will adopt our horses when they have an older horse and maybe the companion horse has passed away. They, they do not like to be alone. These herd animals, they do not like to be alone. Ours don't like to be alone. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, and then there's situations where maybe, in fact, I'm in a conversation now, which I'm very excited about with a therapeutic writing, uh, a therapeutic program, not therapeutic writing, a, a equine therapy program. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want a couple of our sweeter girls who they can use in that way. They can adopt them. What that means to be clear is they do take them to their farm and they take on all their expenses. When someone adopt is, adopts a horse from us, we are then able to take in another horse to our herd. So we, we use a phrase, which is adopt one, save two. And anyone who adopts a horse from us is made, it is made very clear. We keep in close contact that those horses are always ours. So at any point they can be returned and we, we take 12 to 15 back a year. It's just part of our model. So maybe they get too old to do the job or maybe the farm gets sold or the kid goes to college. No questions asked and warmly welcomed. In fact, easy is one of the gray horses at Chestnut Hall. And she just came back. She was, she lived for 15 years with her mommy and daddy and then, something happened and we don't, we don't even get into what it was. We just take right. them right back. So, so there are two things, but sponsorship's the easy one. Cause all you do is you give some money and you get a lot of pictures. <laughs> um, so lots of ways to be involved. If you have the space to do something like that and yeah. you have a program that is going to be utilizing that animal in some way, it's a great yeah. idea. It's and and so it just, again, all it, about that. It continues yeah. to kind of keep the community involved right yeah, like absolutely the way i've ended each of my little tours so far and i you know just the way to think about all of this it's a lot to take in especially i'm a lot to take in because i'm such a spaz <laughs> is that there are three ways to be involved um one always because because let's face it we're a charity and we take care of horses and they eat money for breakfast lunch and dinner there's always an option to give uh, at five dollars buys a bale of hay and that is a very valuable gift to us mm -hmm. 2500 sponsors a horse and you know the sky's the limit so that's always option. Second option is volunteering. And I would say that with Chestnut Hall in particular, we are, we love volunteers and we have them all over the country and we engage them in lots of ways, but oh my gosh, the Chestnut Hall volunteers are gonna get the, the, the golden ticket because they actually will get to see our horses. Most of our volunteers volunteer because they love what we do, but our horses are just not accessible in prisons and in the, the private sanctuary farms. So this is, I need a lot of folks. So call to action, that's an option. And that's right there on our website too. And then the third, which is what you're doing today, Claudia, and I'm so grateful to you is, is helping us share the story. So that's the most valuable gift anyone can do is to learn about this, learn about us, learn about the horses, and then just go telling everyone because awareness is the key. Um, I always say, if you're not aware, you can't care. You know, it's just like the default. You cannot. And I'm not saying you're going to make everybody care. They're, they're not all going to care. But if they're not aware, they can't. And if you help us, as you're doing today with your wonderful audience and your love, I can see it in your eyes how much you love this, that this is the most precious gift you're giving me and yeah. my craziness today. So thank you. I cannot wait to come out and visit. You know what I mean, and I can't Yay! wait to meet you in person too. So, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't I wait. Could, I could talk to you about this all day, but I just <laughs> thank you guys just for, um, loving to do this in Kentucky. I just think it's just one more thing that as people come to visit and to learn more about our great tourism industry and horses, bourbon and everything, that this is just one more stop. I think that people, it will open their eyes. If they're here for one thing, yes. stop and see this. And that's going to open your, your eyes to a whole other world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, come soon. You know, I'll be in touch yes. with you. We're going to make a date like ASAP, but I am just tickled pink to get to talk about it, like right on the heels of my return. And as I start looking to the next trip, so Chestnut Hall awaits all of all of Kentucky, all of horse lovers and all of the people beyond. Um, it'll be a fun place for many years to come. 
A very special thank you to Kim Weir for talking to me about the amazing things that are happening at Chestnut Hall. If you want to plan a visit, they're also going to have their tours available through Horse Country if you want to go to visithorsecountry.com. Uh, but also, I will have all the information over in my show notes. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Mm -hmm.